road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again Hey everybody and welcome to the Where's Willie podcast. Join me, William Miller, as I travel the country talking to manufacturers of all types about their trials, tribulations, and triumphs in the industry. This show is brought to you by Koganay International America, Inc. On behalf of Manufacturing Talk Radio, I welcome all of you to the Where's Willie Show. Powered by Koganay International America, Inc. Think solutions, think quality, think Koganay. I'm currently the National Marketing Manager for Koganay, and I've been blessed to spend the last decade traveling the world working with OEM, original equipment manufacturers, that make everything from crayons to phones to automobiles. It has been through this journey that I've met amazing leaders that have a great story to share about their company, their people, and what they're doing for the generations to come. So this show was created in partner with Manufacturing Talk Radio to highlight these conversations and share with all of you the great things happening in the manufacturing industry and discuss real-world trials and everyday life by guests of the show. On today's Where's Willie show, my travels bring me to Rockford, Illinois, home of RJ Link, a 25-year-old manufacturer doing big things globally. Our guest today is Mr. Terry McCormick, Vice President of Business Development. For the past 30 years, he has been in manufacturing, quality, and operational management. Most of his career is centered around gearing and hydraulics and industrial gearboxes. His manufacturing and quality background have given him opportunities in developing manufacturing strategies, augmenting the business strategy, and vice versa. By aligning the entire business strategy to the market, it provides a platform for increased growth and profitability, specifically tying out lean manufacturing and business processes to drive responsiveness and value back to the customer. Examples are cellularization of manufacturing processes as well as streamlining business processes that the customer interfaces with. For example, quoting, engineering, and development. Terry has been working as a manufacturing engineer for hydraulic gear pump manufacturer, quality director, and business leader for a large industrial gearbox company, all utilizing lean manufacturing Six Sigma techniques to drive improvements to the business and servicing their customer. He has worked for privately held companies of $5 million all the way up to $50 million divisions in a $4 billion a year corporation. In the end, they all have the same challenge, align the business processes to maximize growth and profitability. Whether increasing productivity 16% year over year or sales growth of 6 to 10% year over year, Terry started out as a degree in mechanical engineering, working as a CNC machinist to process engineer to quality and manufacturing engineer, Director of Quality for over six divisions, Vice President, Business Leader of a $50 million a year division, and now he serves as the Vice President of Business Development for RJ Link International, Inc. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you, William. It's, I'm glad to be here. So for our listeners, though I stated briefly in the intro, let's start with the first question. Who is RJ Link? So RJ Link uh, was founded a little over 25 years ago. It's a privately held uh, manufacturer, and what we do is we manufacture gearbox and gearbox solutions for the customers that you just can't find a commodity fit for. And so we cross several different markets, whether it's oil and gas, the egg, construction, specialty vehicles, whether there's a need for power transmission and you need an interface from whether it's a diesel engine or an electric motor, we need to transmit power and torque 
and change its ratio, that's where an, indif an, an industrial gearbox comes into play. So RJ Link designs and builds and manufactures those types of solutions for the customers that need that little extra to solve whatever challenge they're faced with in their application. So we'll use the custom a lot, but we'll do a lot of modified standards just to give it the fit that the customer is looking for. So whether it's a modified standard or a complete developed gearbox that the customer is looking for that they just that they just can't find on the market. RJ Link International has been positioned to design and build those industrial gearbox. Okay, so I understand from the industry's perspective, I, I would assume it's it's big things. So just to help me and the listeners beyond the industry, you know, if you could give me an example of real companies, who, what type of companies, like a tractor company, who, what type of companies needs RJ Link or would work with RJ Link? So integrators that do anything like the oil and gas market, especially for uh, fracking or even well maintenance, there's oftentimes a large industrial gearbox that's used. So these companies will have a large generating engine, like a, a big class eight diesel engine or larger, and they'll need a gearbox to interface to a blender system, a centrifugal or a other fracking type equipment that they need to transmit the engine power into rotary power that their device needs. So these are typically, you know, to give you kind of a scale, these are gearboxes that sometimes weigh 500 to 1,000 pounds. Okay. They also manufacture gearboxes that go on to the front end of large semi-truck-sized snowblowers. And so okay. they'll use at an airport runway and sweeping systems that clean an airport runway where you need a large industrial gearbox to drive the augers on a snowblower. So we're in ag, like I said, construction, custom vehicles, and anybody that's looking to transmit horsepower and change okay. ratio, and that's what a speed increaser or speed decreaser does, they're looking at utilizing a gearbox, whether it's a transfer case or just a speed increaser, speed reducer. Okay, great. Now, and I understand you guys have been doing this for 25 years. So can you can you talk a little bit more about the history of RJ Link from how you guys began to where you are today? And, and where do you see, you know, your future going um, relative to both technology as well as your business? So the background history is uh, Rod Link and his wife, Ann, purchased a product line from a local company in the Rockford area called Valley Drive Systems. And that's kind of started in building industrial gearboxes. That's what started the business. And over the years, they just kind of built on being that niche market supplier that would work with the customers, whether it's an end user or an OEM manufacturer or an integrator to okay. a power transmission solution. Over a number of years, Rod has stepped into more an executive role on our board of directors. And he's brought in a team now that is, you know, driving the company with all of the new market interfaces that we see today, you know, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Snapchat, Instagram, doesn't matter the social platform. Because the market has changed out of us in the sense of, and I'll use the term millennials, you can reach so many more people now so quickly just through their phones. Mm -hmm. so, um, we're, our marketing strategy has always been based upon kind of that direct rifle shot to users and customers and markets that 
can utilize an RJ Link gearbox. So okay. your challenge that you know started your question for RJ Link is brand recognition always and mm-hmm. to the right user engineer integrator that we can assist in solving their problem. So we do a lot with LinkedIn uh, where we're always posting application stories and we get a lot of inquiries from that. And so okay. rjlink.com is our primary website and you can go out there and see our capabilities. But uh, our forte has been to provide a engineered gearbox solution for whatever the customer's needs are. Okay, so that kind of takes me to my next question then. So when we talk about brand recognition, I mean, I think it's safe to say that RJ Link is known for being easy to work with and providing custom solutions. So what would you say then, you know, maybe a customer from oil and gas or somebody from ag or somebody from construction, what are they going to see as, you know, the advantage or the value in working with RJ Link based on your brand that I believe to be, you know, ease of working together and custom? So, you know, the first part of it is uh, any interaction with the customer, we do a lot of listening to really understand what their application is. And, you know, if we're a fit for them, because oftentimes, you know, we can point them in a direction where they can just buy a commodity gearbox and, and we may not get the sale that they contacted us on, but the okay. next opportunity, they'll remember that we helped them and they say, hey, now I've got something that needs to be a little special. It needs to be custom or a modified standard. And they'll say, hey, I really like what we, we did the, on the last project. You were very helpful. You had great engineering expertise, and I call it building on a successful failure. You know, we didn't get the first sale, but we got Mm -hmm. And so they'll call in, uh, talk to myself or our engineering managers, and they'll go through, you know, what they need in their application. And we'll ask them questions, you know, they may not have thought of because oftentimes today the engineer we're dealing with is a system integrator, and he may not be a transmission expert. Okay. we understand how to get the engine connected to the gearbox, but he doesn't understand the nuances of the gearbox or the detail or the, the minutia of sure. where we can help them cover some additional bases and be their centers of expertise. And so we'll okay. do the one-offs. Okay. So w- when we talk about one-offs or customs, can you maybe give me some examples of what a custom would be? Like, for example, something as simple as a label? I mean, what can you give a couple examples of, you know, something being custom or, you know, non-standard with a, relative to a gearbox? So a lot of times space is a key element in the design of any vehicle or system. And so we'll use the term power density in the industry where they want, they need something that's going to be a speed increaser or a speed reducer and okay. a very small area to put a gearbox in. And I'll give okay. you, we have a customer that uh, they actually drive our gearbox that we designed for them with a fluid hydraulic motor, but they need huh. to reduce the speed from like a five to one ratio. So the input is about 4,000 RPMs and the output will be 4,000 divided by five. And so it'll reduce the speed, but in maintain the high torque that they're looking for. But it's a pancake design within about a six inch width space. Mm. So, you know, that gearbox doesn't just sit on the shelf for somebody to go buy from a catalog house like Granger or McMaster Car or somebody. That has to be designed to fit. And so yeah. we'll regular production orders for that kind of a gearbox because 
you know, they may need only 10 a month or five a month. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been our forte is to provide that engineered solution for them to fit within the work environment. So that's an example of, of some of the capabilities that RJ Link will do is we'll design to fit. Okay, great. Now, I've, now I, I have heard, you know, prior to you being a guest on the show, I've heard some very positive things about you guys are very, very easy to work with. So can you maybe just, you know, from a 30,000 foot level, kind of just give me a simple outline of how that process works. Like if I come to you with a sketch on a napkin, how does the process go, me as a customer working with RJ Link for something that would be custom? Sure. So, and we get phone calls from end users where it's exactly what you just described, William. It's okay. a, a napkin and <laughs> PTO on a tractor, and they want to connect a gearbox to it to change the ratio or the speed that they're getting, and they want to connect it to a pump or some other, you know, ag device, doesn't matter what. Okay. And so we'll go through saying, okay, how much space do you have? And we'll start asking questions, you know, what are you looking to do? And uh, they'll say, oh, I got a 1,000 PTO tractor, but I need to run the pump at uh, 3,000 RPM. Well, that's a one to three speed increasing ratio. And they say, well, do you have a space constraint? No, I can mount it right here on the end of the tractor. And so we'll start going through those technical details of how much horsepower are they uh, putting into the tractor? How do they want to connect to it? Do they want a direct coupling or do they want a PTO quick change? You know, and we'll start walking them through the process, even though they may not have had, you know, an engineering background of, you know, designing that kind of a system. With an OEM that, you know, where you're working with an engineer, they'll fill out an application data sheet and they'll be very specific about, you know, here's point A and I need to go to B and I need a 20 inch offset and I need a, a seven to one reduction and I need to be mm -hmm. able to at 700 horsepower and wow. they'll give us great engineering specs we'll go through it saying yep this is exactly what you need here's how we'll do it here's the frame size and they'll say yep got it and uh so we'll, we'll run the gambit of the customer interface being from almost no technical interface but good mechanical interface with the end user to work okay. with an engineer that's got you know basically all the design parameters laid out we just have to meet them okay all right. Well, then, and obviously, you guys have been doing something right. 25 years in business. You guys are growing year over year. You know, so with, you know, your specialty of doing custom gearbox solutions, you know, for more than 25 years, one of the questions I always ask all my guests are, you know, what are some of the challenges you face as a manufacturer, specifically, you know, with gearboxes then? And, you know, and then you look at your competitive landscape and then just day-to-day -day operation, whether it's, you know, dealing with your raw material suppliers, et cetera. So what are some of the challenges that you face uh, within your role at RJ Link? So part of it is um, what I'll call public education is, is uh, educating the customer base that, you know, we're not the commodity off the shelf manufacturer. You know, we okay. don't, rock. we build an order, we build a fit. And if we're the right fit, we will, you know, work hard to, you know, win the customer's business and their confidence. But if we don't think we're the right fit and they, you know, they just want a plug and chug uh, commodity type gearbox solution, we will help them find the right supplier. And okay. uh, Link over the years has done a very good job of, you know, we'll tell them which competitor to go to because they may have a better solution than us. You know, I don't want to... Sure. RJ Link's position and then develop a bad relationship with a customer. I'd rather the customer walk away saying, yeah, I'm not going to order from RJ Link, but 
you know what, I really like working with them. Yeah. So, that, you know, one of the challenges is to educate the customer base that we're not the commodity guy, mm-hmm. you know, educate them on our capabilities and the ranges and then that brand recognition. Okay. So that's on the business interface side. The challenges on the company side are always, how do you align, you know, your business to always support your customer markets? And I'm yeah. lean manufacturing tech head. I, 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 I believe in those principles and lean and six Sigma. And I've always found that communicate and effectively implement a business strategy to align to the customers in the markets. It makes it easy to sell your product because sure. you're going to be aligned to what the markets need and what they want. And in many cases, we have to be more of an expert on the applications and the people that we're talking to because, um, through the years, a lot of that expertise and a lot of large OEMs has been lost through attrition. So sure. we have you know that engineering expertise that aligns to solving the customer's uh, problems. We need to have that supply chain base that's aligned to be modular, uh, dynamic, uh, short lead times, you know, within a, a range that can support what the customer's expectations are for delivery, and then also. I think a big aspect of it is how to develop a flexible system because uh, I've seen it with large corporations and I've seen it with small companies. Oftentimes we make the process more important than the product where we're constrained in the uh, step one through step eight process that we lose sight of what we're trying to service to the customer. I think if you align it appropriately, the success that you will gain is actually quite easy to achieve. It's a lot of hard work. But once you have the right business strategy in place, and that's part of my role is how do you align, like I mentioned earlier in my bio, quoting to the customers. You know, we don't want to wait three weeks for us to engineer and develop a quote. You want to answer as quickly as possible, and uh, you want to be able to work with them and still give them high confidence that you haven't overshot or undershot what price you've given them. Uh, You've addressed the technical details to enough degree that, they say, okay, yep, I got it. All right, now let's take it to the next step and we'll refine the quote a little bit more and get into some more technical detail. But they have a good comfort feel that we're in the range that they're looking for. Okay. Hey, now one question that just, it, it slipped my mind because I was getting so excited learning about, uh, all, you know, how you guys do custom solutions. Are you guys coast to coast in North America? Are you, Where all do you guys sell to? I want to make sure I ask you that. So primary market is North America. North America, okay. Uh, we do sell overseas, and a lot of our customers will export our product that it goes into overseas. So, okay. to a domestic customer, and they're the integrator or the OEM, you know, that unit could be shipped overseas anywhere in the world, especially when you're talking okay. like ag or oil and gas. Sure. So, I've, I've talked to customers that have our gearbox on a front end of a snowblower in Antarctica. And okay. Up- and it's exciting, you know, uh, for me anyway, when I start talking to them, because the gearbox that they're looking for service parts on was built in 1994. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, Do you still carry parts for this? I said, we have all the designs. We have the serialized history of every gearbox we've ever made. 
we can make the parts that you need and get you back up and running. All right. So, th- so this timing is good then to ask that question based on, you know, co- covering all of North America, you know, the fact that you're in oil and gas, the fact that you're in ag, the fact that you're in construction, the fact that you're in environments of, you know, nice sunny weather. And then, as you said, Antarctica, cold. So it the gearbox is going to see everything. Now, for you, as of today in the future, where do you see the future going, you know, in manufacturing specific to RJ Link? And, and what are you seeing in terms of, you know, industry trends, you know, call it, uh, you know, new emerging technologies, whether it's, you know, Bluetooth or, you know, some kind of communication systems for the uh, gearboxes. What are you seeing in terms of, you know, future development on, you know, what's going to be the gearbox of the future versus today? And we can go 10, 20 years out. Just what do you see the vision, both short term and long term for RJ Lincoln in relative to what you guys make, which are the gearboxes? So what's interesting is you hit it all on the head. Um, you know, the term Internet of Things, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of integration of new, new emerging technologies, whether it's sensors that are in the gearbox that you can walk by with your phone and pick up an RFID signal and tell exactly the temperature in the gearbox or uh, the vibration analysis of the bearings. And you can get to predictive analysis of when the gearbox will fail. All of that exists. And mm-hmm. I think in the future, you're going to see gearboxes that have the interface to be self-diagnosing, that they'll pre- okay the user or the system that, oh, my bearing is starting to wear out. You know, uh, you need to take a look at this. Or my oil is getting too dirty. Just like in your car, you get an oil light signal. It says, hey, change my oil. And I think you're also going to see, you know, because there's so much discussion on electrification. You know, uh, you can't throw a stick on the Internet and not find somebody that's building an electric bus, an electric car. They're building, you know, uh, what they will call a gear motor combination. And when you think in terms of gear motor, think of it as you take the gearbox and you just directly couple it right to the electric motor. But you just okay. such a way that, again, the key is power density. You're going to shorten up that unit as much as possible. And so we have customers today that are doing that very thing. They're just mounting the electric motor directly into the gearbox. And so the box is receiving the shaft from the electric motor. There's no bridge coupling anymore. They're trying to sh- reduce that work volume space that the gearbox has taken up. So again, uh, electrification, there's, you know, the dialogue is always about, you know, can you still get the same power and torque? And, and I think there's still going to be a very strong market in the future for gearbox technology. It's going to change. But what you're going to see is that, um, you know, electric motors are efficient at high speed and they're not mm-hmm. efficient at low speed, high torque. So you always need some type of transmission, whether it's an industrial gearbox or other mechanical device, that's going to help transform that torque that you need. And that's a gearbox. And so uh, I think RJ Link is is very well positioned to still support those types of industries. And it, it, it's still always going to come down to energy efficiency. If you can sure. build a system that helps reduce consumption costs, whether it's battery life, diesel fuel, doesn't matter. If you can help reduce those operating costs for the user, I mean, that's an advantage. Okay. So we've talked about 25 years in business. We've talked about success. We've talked about understanding why customers love working with RJ Link. We understand industries that you serve, the applications that you guys are always continuing to expand and grow as you build your brand. So we know the company, we know your team, 
So let's let's talk about you, Terry, Vice President of Business Development. What can you tell the listeners? You know, I get asked all the time when we have guests on the show now, hey, you know, what's it like to be them? Or, you know, Will, next time you have the show, can you, you know, a day in the life. So, you know, you're the Vice President of Business Development at RJ Link, a gearbox manufacturer. What is, take the listeners through what it's like to be you, a typical week for the VP of Business Development. So with RJ Link, what's neat is we all wear many hats. Okay. And interface at all levels of the business, whether it's operations, procurement, sales, marketing, you know, accounting, it, it doesn't matter. The exciting part of this type of a job is you get to present an alignment strategy. And if you think in terms of like you're the coach of a team, you get to sure. develop a playbook, you know, and that strategy to, to ultimately win. And when we talk about, uh, you know, what we're trying to do, it's all about, you know, how do you continue to grow and maintain profitability and, and uh, be of value to your customers. So for me, that's the exciting part of the job. And it's hard work. It's oftentimes long hours. You get to talk to some amazing customers and end users. And if you listen closely enough and you, there's always something to learn there. And so sure. that's the exciting part. Some of the minutiae and day-to-day stuff, you know, whether it's uh, developing a quote for a service part that a customer is looking for or, you know, working with a, a developing project with a customer that wants to make a completely new gearbox for a completely new application. So you run the gambit from very small to very large, and that keeps it energizing. I, and I do have a question. So, you know... Um, with with you being the VP of business development now, you know, a lot of times, as I've understand, you know, during, you know, you being on the show, you have end users, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also have, you know, some of the, you know, big OEMs that say, hey, you know, RJ Link, we want to partner with you. This is our new system or our new design. We want to work with you at, at point one. Do you have to travel then? Will you go and meet with these OEMs to set that relationship and work with them start to finish? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we talk about, uh, you know, kind of our strategy, we try to rifle shot it. And we try okay. to specifically those customers that we think we're a fit for. We try not to do the, you know, the shotgun blasting, but, you know, we'll do the email blast out there, you know, for the newsletters and post. Mm-hmm. We really try to go after customers that we think we're a good fit for. Okay. And then if we can dist- establish that personal connection with them and that direction, you know, that, uh, interface so yes it's traveling going face to face but with the technology of the internet today so much of it is you know via email a lot of conference call webex location video conferencing so travel becomes less of a main priority but okay. we still focus on that we really do want to meet the customers because uh, a lot of times there is a significant amount of value with personal interaction you know, Terry is not just a mythical voice on a computer. Right. And there really is a person and they can interface with. So when well, I got to believe, and I got to believe, too, that when people want to work with RJ Link, they want to physically come to your factory, yeah. right? Or yeah. your company. And, and we, and we do that. So we'll go to their site. And like I said, we're all over the country. But yeah, so I think a, it's kind of a balance between. You know, once you kind of get establish that relationship, then a lot of it becomes digital interfacing and yeah. really working with the customer. But I'm going to tell a little anecdotal uh, sidebar on that as far as uh, travel and that. You know, we'll get phone calls from customers and end users. And a lot of times 
they'll relate to me that they were expecting to get my voicemail or yeah. to be shuttled through an automated customer service program on the phone system. And then when they actually talk to a real person, whether it's me or anybody else in the organization, they're almost surprised. <laughs> I think to talk to somebody and I'm like, well, I am, we could do this today. Yeah. So, awesome. That's a, that, that keeps the job exciting too. So I, I shared in your bio, you've done very, very well. I mean, from where you started to where you are today, you know, so I get asked this question all the time. So I'm going to ask you, why do you love the manufacturing industry? So from, for me anyway, I'm a mechanical gearhead. You know, I have a mechanical engineering degree, but I've always been stronger on the making side than the designing side. And uh, just that thrill of making something and achieving that success by knowing that when you do it right and you satisfy the customer, that uh, you're securing your own future. And I'm a tech head. Mm -hmm. I've done projects that involved electronics to where I had to learn about silver migration and how it would screw up a, a circuit board. <laughs> I've worked <laughs> gearboxes that weigh 18,000 pounds and transmit millions of inch pounds of torque. I've worked on such a wide range of technology and that learning aspect is just exciting. And when you think about when I started off as a machinist, I worked on CNC machines that we still ran Mylar tape. And <laughs> that's how you loaded the program into the machine. And now uh, <laughs> you direct transmit it right into the control of the, the, uh, uh, the machine tool. And it's like just a, another network connection on your system. And your machine tool supplier is monitoring your machine really real time and helping you debug it remotely. Wow. Uh, either it's service or, or uh, actually prove out of a program where you got a real complex part. It's just, it's just cool. <laughs> just the bottom. Yeah. Manufacturing yeah. is, uh, you know, the heart of our country, regardless of how we, we look at it and uh, feel very strongly around lean manufacturing techniques uh, from a competitiveness standpoint, because the more you streamline your processes and your business while still staying focused on value, you can be extremely successful in a highly competitive global market. I mean, even though RJ Link is North American centric, we compete global. We compete okay. with foreign competitors in the US and our advantage is we're here and we can make the product exactly what the customer's uh, looking for. Okay, so if I'm a customer, end user or OEM, and I wanna learn more about RJ Link or talk to Terry McCormick, who we confirmed is a real human. What would be the ways uh, for me to learn more about RJ Link? You have a website, you're on social. Do you do, you know, will you do company tours? So exactly. We, again, we rifle shot. We do a lot with LinkedIn. Or it's like the direct connections to the engineers and the buyers and the, the, the uh, OEMs and the customers in the markets. And obviously we want to, we do a lot with keyword searches with Google and the Google analytics. We are now starting to post more YouTube uh, video content, all, uh, you know, surrounding educating the, the market and the customer on who RJ Link is. So, you know, we use Instagram and Twitter, uh, but that's the first hook because everybody today goes to the internet and Google's sure. in, in the world and YouTube is the number two. And so you got to have a presence out there. But once you kind of get that connection going, 
I really feel strongly that it's about reaching out and making a personal contact, whether it's through a phone call or a face-to-face visit, that they know they're dealing with a person. It's not a remote type interface. And that, uh, you know, we're here to help them and help develop it as a partnership, really, versus, you know, the traditional customer supplier competitive, oftentimes uh, adversarial relationship where uh, the the buyer wants it at the lowest price and the seller wants to sell it at the highest price. We really want to sell the solution. Awesome. Well, on behalf of Manufacturing Talk Radio and the Where's Willie Show, Mr. Terry McCormick, Vice President of Business Development for RJ Link, thank you so much for your time to be on the radio show. We really appreciate uh, just getting to know all the great things that you and your team are doing and really excited to see what you guys do in the months and years ahead. Thank you, William. It's been a pleasure and I wish you all the best on your show. And I was very glad that you reached out to us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Where's Willie Show. For more information on future shows, please visit Where'sWillyPodcast.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Where's Willie Podcast and on Twitter at Where's Willie POD. Thank you all so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.